Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Heavenly Father, thank you for this great opportunity that we have to serve you. We are excited. We are blessed. We ask you to speak to us by the mighty Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. What a blessing to be here this evening at this powerful um, gospel encounter service. Amen. Now, this evening, I want to share with you from the story that Jesus told, which I believe is perhaps the best story of salvation. And that is the story of the prodigal son. Yes. So, this story has a lot of uh, messages, lessons for us all. Amen. And... uh, Please just allow the people to sit right in front here. I don't know what you are doing. Sit where, where you can see, all right? Straight ahead, all the way to the back. Please. Now, this evening, I want you to turn with me to Luke 15 and verse 11. All right? Jesus says, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided to them his living. Amen. Now, this story is a story of a father with two sons. Do you see? Now, one of the truths that you you see is that two people can come from the same womb and behave very differently. Even though they came from the same womb. And they can look different even. 
Do you see? And it also shows that a child can come from his father and behave very differently from his father. Because he says a certain man had two sons and these two sons behaved completely differently. Do you see? And so sometimes you have people who come to you and say, do you have a sister? You know, I want to bury your sister or if you have a sister because they assume that the behavior, good behavior that you are putting, putting up is in the blood. So it's going to be transferred to the sister. Do you see? So they want to marry your sister or if you have a sister. You get it? But you can easily make a mistake if you follow that formula. Are you with me? Yes. So, these two sons behaved completely differently from each other. So different that it's just amazing to see the two sons who came from one father and behaved completely differently. Alright? Now, um, later on, you see uh, a man called Isaac who gave birth to two sons, Jacob and Esau. Do you see? And um, when Jacob married, when Jacob grew up, right, he, he spoke to his brother and told his brother one evening because it meant a lot in those days. Who is first? Who came first? Even twins. Who came, who came first? Because the firstborn gets twice as much because the head of the firstborn is what opens the way in the woman's birth tract. So, if you ever see the skull of a newborn baby, you will see that it's open all in the middle like that. And you can actually almost touch the brain. And it's the, 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 the bones are parted. So the head is really squeezed. That's why sometimes when a baby is born, you can't recognize it. It looks funny. You see, the head sometimes looks drawn out. You see, like the head looks long. It's really suffered. And sometimes it's, it causes them to be stubborn in, in, in life. Yes. Because of the suffering that they've been through. Sometimes they are asphyxiated or they lack oxygen. Maybe, maybe it removes a chip or two. Do you see? So in Nigeria, I saw a banner prayer for firstborns. You know, it's like, yeah, they have special convention for firstborns. Because sometimes a firstborn can really have issues. <laughs> so anyway, so they get a lot more. 
Now, supposing the firstborn and uh, there were uh, some houses that were being given. And the firstborn is given two houses. And then the secondborn is given one house. In today's life, the, sec- the firstborn will be much richer. Do you see? Yeah. Because he can rent one of the houses and then he can stay in one. You get it? Yes. So anyway, one day, Jacob, who was the second born, spoke to his brother. And his brother had come from outside, was very hungry, and told him, listen, he said, give me some food. And he said, I don't just make food for people. I don't just, I'm not a chef. I don't just cook for nothing. So then he said, if you want food, then give me the right to be the first instead of you being the first. You know, that means that I will get everything that a firstborn is supposed to get. That's what, that's the deal. That's what Jacob offered. Because Jacob was looking at Esau all the time and feeling jealous, envious of him that he was the secondborn. He, Jacob, was the second. So he wasn't happy to be the second. So anyway, when the guy brought himself and he said he wants food, I mean, you would have thought that maybe it would have been a business deal or some other deal. But just food. He offered him, okay, I'll give you food. Then give me the right. And to his amazement, Esau said, what is the use when I'm hungry? What is the use of these technicalities? And so he agreed and said, okay, you are the first. Anything I'm supposed to get as the first, you can have it. And I will get the second. Two boys. So Jacob agreed and then he, he made the food and served him. All right. Now later on, if you read certain authority books, you'll be amazed to see when uh, Isaac was going to die, right? He called his son and he called uh, Esau and Jacob together. When he called them, all right, when he called them, he said to Esau, you are my firstborn, okay? And I'm going to give you a double portion. So he told Esau because Esau was his firstborn. Then Esau told him, no, I've made a deal with my younger brother that I'll give him. So give him what you are to give me. And even the parents were, they were all worried about it. Do you see? So Jacob received the portion. Okay. And then uh, Esau was there with the single portion. Now, later, uh, what is the name of the mother? Rebecca. She was going to die. And she was very strong. She wasn't sick at all. And she called her two sons. 
And she called Jacob and said, you know, I know that you've taken the first, the, what do you call it? Birthright portion. You know, and you have a good attitude. He was talking to Jacob. Please don't do anything bad and don't fight with your brother. You see, Jacob said, oh, no problem. And then she called Esau and she told him, I'm going to die today. And they asked about how are you going to die? You are so strong. You are very well. Said, oh, I'm going to die. And she died that day. And she talked to Esau. Said, don't quarrel, don't fight. And Esau said, make swear to me that you will not fight with your brother because of this birthright thing. So he swore to his brother, I will not, I will not. You get it? I'm talking about two sons. So she, he died. Then after that, Isaac too died. Because Rebecca died first, then Isaac died. So later on, right, um, uh, Jacob's wife, Leah, died. You see? And when Esau went back to his family, he was staying at around Edom. His sons came to see their father and said that, why has he taken that smaller portion that they, the sons, they will not allow? Yes. And it became a whole thing. And they said, they are going to attack Jacob and fight with him because he has taken what was theirs. Hey! So at that time, Leah had died. Leah, that's the wife. You know, Jacob had two wives, uh, Rachel and Leah. Leah died. So the whole army of Esau and his people came to fight to Jacob. But Jacob didn't want to fight with him because he had promised him. I wish I would get the case to read it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So when they came, they said, we will not hack into thee to make peace with him, for our strength is greater than their strength. And if you not let us, we will hurt you also. They told their father, Esau. Yeah. Are you there? Now, when they decided to go and fight, Jacob did not believe that his brother would do that because he had sworn to his mother and to the father that they will not fight after they are dead. But Esau changed his mind and decided to come and fight. So Jacob went out to go and meet them. He was hiding behind the place and he said, oh, my brother, I realize you have come to mourn with me because you've heard that my wife Leah is dead. You get what I'm saying? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I know you will not do anything bad. Then Esau said to him, 
if the ball can change its skin and make its bristles as soft as wool <laughs> or if do you see it can ho- cause horns to sprout on a head like that of a sheep then I shall observe the tie of brotherhood with thee if the breasts separated themselves from their mother for thou hast not been a brother to me and if the wolves can make peace with lambs so as not to devour them and if their hearts are towards them for good then there will be peace in me my heart towards thee and if a lion can become a friend of an ox and make peace with him and if he is bound under one yoke then I will make peace with you and if the raven can become white then know that I have loved thee and I shall make peace with thee thou shalt be rooted out and thy sons shall be rooted out and there shall be no peace for thee and when Jacob saw that he was so evilly disposed towards him with his heart and with all his soul as to slay him and that he had come springing like the wild boar which comes upon the spear that killeth do you see are you there then he spake to his own servants that they should attack him and all his companions so they fought and when they were going to fight him Jacob's son said we will not kill Esau because he is a father also to us so they took the bow and arrow and gave it to Jacob that he should kill him because his brother but he's their father they come to kill him yeah <laughs> anyway these are just stories but they are amazing filling ins for us in all these stories amen a lot of details but the point I'm making is that two very different children can come from one father alright so you must make sure that you are one of the good sons you know you must be sure that you are a good child try not to be a bad child because the Bible says a certain man had two sons why, why be the evil son? Why be the son or the child which is some way in your family, in the house? And when Rebecca was going to die, she was telling, she was telling Jacob, you have not done anything bad, you are a good child, you always do the right thing and so on. You must decide to be the good child out of the children because goodness is not biological. It's not biological. It's not transmitted by air. The fact that your father was does not mean you will be. Hitler and Stalin, both of them, were choristers. And both of them had parents who wanted them to be in the choir. Do you see? Both Hitler and Stalin. But obviously they didn't get the good spirits from their parents or from their mother. So please be aware, in this famous story, we see the reality of two sons from one father. Now this story, I can talk about it for a long time, so I'm going to have to cut short at a point. Amen. Amen. Now, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together 
and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now here you see the Bible says, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods. Now, a young person is more likely to be foolish, spiritually foolish, you see, and more likely to be doing wrong things than an older person. Don't be deceived to think that when you are old, you will not do bad things. No. You do bad, but it's a little different. Now, Ecclesiastes 12 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the fathers, the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. All right? So, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the Bible says that the younger, not the older, and that's significant, a young person saying, give me what falls to me. All right? Now, if you read the Bible, you'll see clearly that youthful lusts and desires they are things that affect younger people. You get it? Many of us, when we are younger, we are some way. You know? I mean, take a, a lady who is young. No husband, no child. And someone who has had five children. Do you see? And some ladies, by the way, look exactly the same before they have children and after they have children. Some, 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 some ladies are like that. They are blessed to uh, just look the same. If they were skinny before, they are skinny after. It's just how they are. And some people put on a lot of weight. So many times people decide people's age by the size. When I see how you are, I know you, you are this age. So size also affects how old you are. But really, the pregnancies are not really supposed to make you put on a lot of weight. As a pregnancy, you are supposed to put on about 12 kilos. That is the baby, plus the placenta, plus the fluid, and plus the body increasing certain things, and then it's all supposed to go and it's up to 12 kilos not more do you see and then it all goes back supposed to go back do you get what I'm saying but as you keep adding and you don't take off it becomes difficult to 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 lose it are you there yeah what was I telling you I was telling you something you're always distracting me huh The young one. Yes. So you take a, take a young lady who has had five children. Her body is, in the, in the case of a person who looks almost exactly the same as she looked before. Okay. And there are some people, they don't age. They don't age. They look the same. Especially people who don't put on too much makeup. 
A lot of people put on makeup. After some time, they become old. If you don't put on, if they don't put on their makeup, you get it. Suddenly, they, they, they look older. Yes, yes. They depend on it to, to maintain a certain appearance. Yes. Without it, you see that it's an old lady. Yes. So, the two ladies are different in thinking, in analysis. In, in everything, they are different. They think differently. They talk differently. They act differently. You know, because um, they are just different by age. They've met men. They've been told, I love you. A number of times, they've had relationships. They've slept with a number of people. How it all turned out. They, they, they know what there is. But a younger one who doesn't know all that is having an imagination of something that may get you, may get some love and some kind of, I mean, something. Hey, she's moving. And, and she can compromise and give up so many things just for some delusion. Do you see? And a young man the same. That is why in the... Um, Governments of America and let's say that government in England and I, I don't know if we have it in Ghana but they have what they call senators. I don't think we have senators here. They have senators. Senator is from a Latin word you know which senex which means an old man. Yes. And the old man is an old man because he's a wise old man. Yes. So they refer serious things to them because they are old and therefore wise. Mm-hmm. So a wise old man, uh-huh, that's a senator. And that is why it was the younger one who packed his things and said, Father, give me the portion of goods. Now, when you are young, also, you are prone to asking for foolish things. Do you see? (laughs) Because your desires are all hormonal and hormone-dependent and hormonally charged. Yes. So, this boy full of hormones and youth and strength, asks for, he says, Father, give me the portions. I don't want to ask for something beyond what I deserve. So, you know, this is, there are people who always speak in a way to look righteous. It's like the portion which falleth to me. I don't want anything more. Have you met such people before? Some of these righteous sounding people are the most low down, I mean, some way people. Yeah, but they have this picture that they love to present about themselves. Are you with me? So he said, Father, give me just mine. I don't want my brothers. I don't want anything extra, whatever. Give me. But it was still a foolish request because. First of all, it was a respect that doesn't, it was a, a request that doesn't sound 
There's something wrong with it. It's inappropriate to be asking your father to write his will as he's alive. I don't know when you will die. You look very healthy. I don't know why you are not dying. You know, so since you are not dying soon, I saw last time you went to a hospital in America. I realized that you are even healthier. Yes. You've been given a clean bill. I checked your reports. Everything is normal. It looks like you are not dying now. So give me my portion now. Do you see? So being young, right, often brings out foolishness. That is why the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And many times we are foolish in our desires, in our requests, because we are young. Yes. And so that's why it's quite an unusual and a wonderful thing when you find a young person who is wise and a young person who seeks for God and a young person who finds God when he is young. Not when he has been through so many experiences, then he starts to see wasted years, wasted years. Oh, how foolish. As for the years, they will pass by and as for the wisdom, you will get it. But the greatness is to be wise when you are a young person. And that is why he said, remember your creator in the days of your youth. As for remembering your creator, you will. Because when you are going to die, you, you don't know people who are, who, who, who are going to die. If you ever meet people who are going to die, you see they are always thinking. They are always thinking. Sometimes you feel they are sad. Sometimes you feel they are worried. Some, they always go, sometimes different things. There are different manifestations that people have. Some will not want to go to a cemetery as a reaction. I've seen others who, who always go and do lab tests. They are always going for lab tests. I'm, do, I'm going for checkup. I'm going for checkup. But it's actually the anxiety of the approaching death. So the lab tests, we are going, going for checkup. Going for checkup. It's not a small thing. You will by all means think of your creator. Even those who are some way about God and everything, ask for thinking of your creator. Like, what about if it is true? It will come to you. But when you are young, you have in your mind that it's far away. You know, one young guy, the pastor was preaching to him, right? And said to him, in my country, the life expectancy is 80 years. And I am 20 years old. I have 60 years ahead. That's what, you know, somebody is preaching to you. Look at what you are are telling the person the life expectancy that you have. Because in your country, life expectancy is 80 and you are 20. So you have 60. But you see, what you don't know is that in this life, Eternity is not, let's say, at where the poles are, if you are walking. It's not, let's say, where the poles are. That's not, that's not the line of eternity. Do you want to know where the line of eternity is? It's not like here. When you get here, you cross, then you are in eternity. No. 
let's say this way, you are going this way. Eternity is not at that pole there. The line of eternity is parallel to life. So at any stage, you can cross this way. You can cross at any stage to the side. At every age, 20, 30, 40, anywhere, you can, it's not ahead, far away. It's, it's right by your side. So at any point in your life and in the course of your life, you, you can just take one step and you are outside. So everybody, you, you, you are rather telling somebody how many years more you have to live and what you have for eternity. That the life expectancy in your country is 60 years. Wonderful. No, you see, when we are young, we talk in a funny way and you don't even know whether it's fever or it's just youthfulness. Yeah. <laughs> are you listening to me? Yeah. So, in this story, whilst Jesus was telling us, he said, the younger of them said, give me the portion. And his father decided to divide his living into two and gave him his portion. Now, there are certain things that uh, God allows, do you see? Because talking will not change anything. Talking to you will not change anything. And that's why sometimes he allows you, go ahead and do. That's why the father divided to them his living. Because the next thing we're going to see was that there was nothing left. He divided to them his living. So sometimes when the father seems to just be phlegmatic and say, whatever you want, whatever you want. No. Derek Prince, he told a story. He said he remembers he and his wife, they visited uh, a pastor and they were staying in this pastor's house. And the pastor, he said he always remembers one evening. The pastor told him a story because they were in a Pentecostal pastor's house and their child had grown up. The the child of these pastors had grown up as a Pentecostal child. And she said, he said, one day the daughter came to see her father because at school, they were, everybody was doing things. Sex, fooling, boozing, cruising. I mean, abusing, everything. They were trying their organs. Next time you are having sex, remember that you are just trying your organs. Yes, you are trying your organs and making them second hand. You are making them what? Second hand. Used. Used organs. Instead of new, brand new. Are you listening to my preaching? Anyway. So the girl said she wants to try. But the parents, they said that when she said that, they realized nothing would change her mind. 
So the father and the mother, they told their daughter, okay, you can do whatever you want to do. And the girl was, I think, surprised. Just like this one, the father said, divide us here it, here it is, go. And she said, that night, that very night, she had a dream. The, the girl had a dream. In the dream, she was suddenly somewhere and there was a big city with a lot of lights ahead. And she wanted to go there. And she was asking, how can I go? And suddenly a man, a handsome man, very sleek, very charming. He said, hello, my dear. Can I help you? It seems you are lost. She said, I wanted to go. They said, oh, I know the way that I can help you. I'll take you. So she went with the man. And they were going towards this big city with lights. So as she was walking, they walked and they got nearer and nearer the city. And the prince said that the story, the, the daughter herself came to say this in the morning. She said, as they were walking, this, she was walking with this charming, Mr. What? Charming. Two things began to happen. Number one, the lights in the city were sort of changing. It was very bright from afar. It's very bright from afar. When you get there, it looks different. Then she noticed that the man she was walking with started to change. Like he wasn't so handsome. Maybe slight change, maybe a little beard or I don't know what started to come on the man. He was changing. And then they got to the city. Then when they got into the city, suddenly she looked at the man and the man had completely changed. And the man was the devil. And then then the lights in the city went off after total darkness. And she was now standing in the city with this, the man has turned into a devil and the lights were off in the city. What do you do? You wake up from the dream. <laughs> That's the next thing to do. You better wake up. Because where this, where this dream is going, we can't tell. <laughs> it better not be true. <laughs> and when she got up she said no God himself has spoken to her what her father said here you are God himself had spoken to her and told her that no what looks attractive and this person who seems that he's taking you there is going to turn into the greatest monster of your life and that was then so the next morning she came the prince was telling, he said she came to see her father and her mother, who were Pentecostal pastors, brought up in a strict background. And she told her father that, what, what I told you yesterday, I've, I've changed it. <laughs> Give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. Yeah. Are you excited about it? Yeah. So, brothers and sisters, your father 
on in heaven may be allowing you to do whatever you want to do. How many have ever sinned and you realize that nothing sin- you were thinking as you were sinning, you were doing this, this, like something will happen, hey! but it didn't happen. How many realize that it didn't happen? Raise your hand. You were expecting, hey! but it didn't happen. And then you, you do it again. And then you, it gets worse. And then you grow wilder. And you are expecting, hey! but nothing happens as if, as if there's no God. As if there is no God, as if there is no restriction. And his father divided unto them his living. He said, here you are. Exactly what you requested, have it. You want a boy? Have a boy. You want a girl? Have a girl. Now you want girls? Have girls. Now you want boys? Have boys. You want drugs? Have it. One day I met somebody who was hooked on to petidine. Petidine. You know, petidine, they give it to women when they are going to have children. But they still even ban it in some places. You know, drugs. You have to take the injection all the time. Injection, injection, injection. Without taking it, you can't. But the first time, it's like, oh. And that's what God said. You want it? Yeah, it is. My Lord, it's too easy. Lord, it's too easy. Yes, it's too easy. Many things are too easy because, you see, you know, God, God doesn't want people to serve him who don't want to serve him. He wants willing people. Why would you want to marry or be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't want you? Hey, girly girl, girl, you say that he likes other girls. Why are you still with him? I said, girl, 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 you say that he likes other girls apart from you. So why are you still with him? Why do you still want to be with this person who likes other people? He should, you have proof, you have evidence. You should be with somebody who genuinely likes you. And willingly chooses you. Girl, 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 are you listening to me? Turn to the nearest girly girl girl and ask her whether she is getting somebody who willingly chooses her. Yeah. You know, God is not going to let you work for him or be with him when you don't really want to. Yes. God is wants you to choose him. Not that, ah, they say we shouldn't go out. They say we shouldn't go anywhere. That's why we are here. They say, they say, if we, they say, if they see us, they say, if, if, if they see us, that's the end. They say they will disown us. That's why we are here. But if we have our way, we'll be out there. No. God says, here, you want your have it. You want to you want to sleep with the boy? Have Go. Remove everything. Do. Just take, take it off. You, you think God will do it? Hey! I said, no, that will not be to be silent. There will be no noise. Use the organs. Use the organs. <laughs> and it will be what? Second hand. Third hand. Four hundred hand.
somebody here who is expecting God to shout, Hey, hey, I've seen you, I've seen you. It, 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 won't, it won't happen. It won't happen. No, no, you are wasting your time. God doesn't have time to shout. Hey, hey, hey stop. Hey, look, hey, 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 you see now. It will never happen. It will be like that, uh, silent, as if there is no God. Because it's like as if there is no Father. You divide everything and give half. And you just say, go with it. Don't you know what I'm going to say? Because if I tell you not to go, because you said that you don't want to take things that are not yours, you sound already righteously proud. You don't want to, to, to take things that are not yours or force yourself. No. You must know that God doesn't force anybody. Have you ever wondered why God put two trees in the garden? Tree of life and tree of knowledge of good and evil. I mean, you ask yourself, you knew that man is going to come and see this tree and why would you put it there? Because if man didn't have a choice, you would never know that he wants you. How would you know that he really wants you? How do you know? You have this zombie you've created. Do you see? Who doesn't have a choice? He doesn't have any chance to do anything bad. All that he does is like, he's like a robot. Because you can, you can, you can program your computer to speak. I praise you. I praise you. And it will be said, when you say enter, I praise you. 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 And the computer will speak. Ah. See, God, God doesn't want such thing. He wants somebody who, I can go here, but I prefer here. I can have this, but I like this. I can follow the devil, but I want God. And God wants people to freely choose him. And that's why when you choose God as a young person, it's higher than choosing God as an old person. Because I told you the meaning of senator. Senator is an old, old wise man. Wise old man. As for old, you'll be wise. Few old people are still foolish. I mean, it's, a rare, it's like a very rare disease. Like you are old and still foolish. <laughs> it's a rare thing. <laughs> are you listening to me? Yes. So, today God is telling you that if you think I will say, hey, I've seen you. No. You see, one day, a wife was in the house. And her husband went to see some other girls or whatever. Then, after Santa, he developed a disease. Do you see? Now, when he got sickness, the sickness from whatever, I mean, sexually transmitted disease, then he went to the hospital. Do you see? So when he went to the hospital, they did a lab test. So you know, on the lab form, they write STD, sexually transmitted disease, lab test for whatever, whatever, I mean, specimen, this, this, and diagnosis. Diagnosis, this, this, whatever. So she was taking his trousers and then she felt in the pocket. So she put her hand in the pocket and then she brought out the receipt. Yes, she read it. Sexually transmitted disease. I said, ah, which sexually transmitted disease? That's why because I thought I was the only one. So when her husband came and she saw him, she went to him and you know what she said? Oh, I've seen you. Look, God will never come and say, oh, I've seen you. If you think God 
will come and say, oh, I've seen you. You, you, are, you, are, you wait forever. You will be met in hell by demons. But God power to wake up and say, hey, I've seen you, not on this earth. And I, will, I can get about 100 people. I need 100 people who have done something bad that there was no sound like, hey, I've seen, raise your hand. If you, you did, you see. There was no hey. There was no oh. There was no nothing. You see. So today, um, God is telling us, amen, that he's, he, 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 don't be surprised that he allows you. Yeah, to just do whatever you want to do. Eesh. It's scary. Amen. And verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Now, this is where you see what is in our hearts. You want to be far from your father. You want to be far from God. Yes. You don't want to be near God. That's why salvation is also described as being brought nigh. Or being brought nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. He brought those that were far near to God. Do you see? So that's why this young boy, as soon as he had the freedom... He took his journey into a far country. As far. That's why it's not good to sit at the back. You know, you have to see that I've overcome that thing. I want to be as far as possible. (laughs) Yes. Now, if you are sitting at the back, I know it's because of the rain that you are sitting there. You came late. You know, but I'm just saying that don't choose to be far. It's not a good thing. This story has always made me want to sit in the front or near the front. Yeah. Why, why far away? Why far away? It's like I want to be fast so I can do bad things. Yes. You want to sit at the back so you be on your phone whilst I'm preaching. You're sending messages, watching pornography in church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much. But you see, God, God will say, okay, I, I give it to you. Carry on. Play on. Yeah. So today, God is calling everyone who is far. And he says, come near. You know, you can be close to God. You can be. You can be. You can be close. You can have a close relationship with God. You know, God is a God who wants to be close to you. He actually wants to be close. And I I understand God. I, I really understand God in that sense. Because I also have a lot of people... Who I employ. Everybody smiles at me when they see me. And everybody is nice to me. But it doesn't mean they love me. Or that they like me. Or that they want me. That doesn't mean when you are a boss. People smile at you. They can smile at you the next moment. Have you heard somebody doing it before? Apart from, your, apart from yourself. Have you heard somebody doing that before? Yes. So smiling at the boss. Doesn't mean you love the boss. Now, God is the boss, and he wants you to like him genuinely. That you genuinely like him and love him. And he wants you to come close to him. And every moment you spend far away from God, you are wasting your life. Bible says, he wasted his substance 
on riotous living. Look at it. He wasted. Every bad place you are, you are wasting your life. You are wasting your breasts out there. Yes. How many people do you want to pluck this fruit? You are wasting them. You are wasting your substance. Your substance is your, your what substance God has made you out of. You are wasting your body on drugs, on alcohol, on weed, on, on cigarettes. We in your jollof. We in your cake. We in everything. In your drink. We in your soul. We in your everything. You are wasting your mind. You are wasting your body. You are wasting. The Bible says he wasted his substance on riotous living on a, a way of living and when you don't know God and you are far from God that's all that you do you waste your life away and that's why Jesus is calling you today and even if you are in the church he's calling you don't be in a far country because even within the church you can be far and once you are far you waste your life you waste you waste you waste you know one day we were in church it happened in real life. And a very old lady came to our church. And she said she wanted to speak to the church for just two minutes. We said, no problem. And when she was coming, she didn't come with a Bible. She came with a frame. A frame. A big frame picture. So we were wondering what is this. Then she showed the picture of a very beautiful girl. Very beautiful and she asked, her, who is this? Do you know this person? Everybody was talking, is it a tennis a, a champion? Is it this? Is it? They didn't know who to She said, this is me. She said, this is what I have become. How I have, look at how I have become. I have turned into this. And she was explaining that everybody is going to turn into this funny condition. Yes. Your life, you are going to become nothing. And you see, God is calling you. He says, come closer. Come closer. You know, be one of the young children who decides to serve the Lord. Do you know, I've been serving God since I was in secondary school. I didn't, I didn't give my life to Christ in university at all. And I didn't give my life to Christ in sixth form at all. I went to sixth form in 1980. And sixth form is, is getting to university. I gave my life to Christ around 1978. Wow. Yeah. I was in secondary school. I was in form three. I must have been about 15 years old. Yeah. I was very young. You know, when I was in secondary school, I used to fast. I used to fast in secondary school. At least I was all, I'm now grown up. I am now reading the Bible and I, I read books of whatever and I'm going to fast. No, I was fasting in secondary school. The wonder is to be a young person and to serve God. There were, there were times that I would fast almost the whole term. Like when we go to school, we have first term, second term, third term. I could fast the whole term. But I'll just take some gaps, like let's say maybe this week, some days, I'll not fast like that. Beautiful. I was fasting. Or to, as a young person. Beautiful. I didn't read any book on fasting. I just was fasting. And also the food wasn't nice, so it, it, it helped the fasting. <laughs> Sit down. These people, they cannot see. They cannot see me. Oh, yes. 
The wonder is when a young girl, eh, when a young girl loves the Lord. That's the wonder. When, when, when she sees boys and men, and she really wants a man, and she wants somebody to say, I love you, baby. You're so pretty, baby. I need you, girl. Can I see you tonight? I feel like holding you. Hey! And you are falling for it. Stupidity, you are falling for it. But when she says, no, I love the Lord. When a young girl loves the Lord, it's beautiful. And when a young man, he has all the potential things to do and he says, no, I love the Lord. That's the wonder. That's the beauty. That is the young man who has decided to love God. That's the wonder. As for wise, you'll be wise. I told you, senator means what? Wise old man. (laughs) Yes. An old man. Because an old man is wise. You will decide when that happens. But today, this story Jesus told is an everlasting story because the words of Jesus. And it's a story for all time. You see, he wasted his substance. Waste your beauty. Waste your handsomeness. Waste your intelligence. You waste your money. You waste your niceness. Your innocence. Your purity. It's gone. It's gone with the wind. It's gone. One boy. You know, one lady, she told me, I've had eight boyfriends. But it was number, I think number four. Or number, the particular one. She said that, that man, that guy, he finished me. He took everything from me. He finished me. It, and she was she said that the first one was this the second one was this, the third one but there was this guy and he was from a different country he said that guy the guy finished me said after that guy I realized I was spoiled it's like you have wasted your substance you've wasted your innocence your harmlessness why do you think in some religions they say you will have virgins in heaven because a virgin is a picture of innocence and harmlessness which is so attractive it's not the same as the body of a person it's the innocence and the harmlessness of a person that's why it is ascribed in heaven that when you go to heaven that's what you will get you get something innocent and something harmless and not something corrupted and wicked And that's what is taken away from you. Yes. Your innocence. That guys, they come to you, they're taking away mm. everything that's innocent about you. Mm. And everything that is nice mm. about you. You wasted his substance on riotous, riotous living. Riot is like, you. I've gone wild. I've gone wild. I'm expressing myself. I'm expressing my feelings. I'm doing whatever I feel like doing. I've, I've, gone, I've gone wild. It's like I'm now, I'm now, I'm now, I'm now without limits. Life without limits. And God is saying to you, no, no, it's never. And some of you are thinking, I've already wasted my life. I've already thrown away my harmlessness. You know, in Hebrews, he, said, he talks about a priest. He said, this is how 
a priest is supposed to be. And one of the words he uses, the word harmless. Yes, you find that scripture, Hebrews chapter 7, is harmless. That is how a scripture is. For a high priest, for such a high priest became us, who is holy and harmless. And that word harmless is innocent. You know, it, there, there are special qualities. Harmless, undefiled. That's, that's a priest. That's, that's, that's a quality. And some of you are not harmless. You've learned to be dangerous and deadly. By wasting your life, you've wasted and taken away innocence. That's why some people are not even allowed to work with children. By law, you can't come a certain distance from children and from young people. Because harmlessness has gone out of you. Innocence is gone. Wasted your life and changed everything about you. Your personality is changed. God is saying to you today, it's never too late to make a U-turn. Let me tell you, if you continue going in the wrong direction, eh, the more you keep going in the wrong direction, will never make you come back to where you are supposed to be. You always have to take a point where you say, even though I have gone far, I must make a U-turn and start the long journey back which may end up being shorter than you thought. Yes. Going continually in the wrong direction is not going to help anything. You must stop and turn around. Turn around! Turn around and come to God. But I've already wasted my life. No, you wasted your life. But that is, those are the meaning of those words. Redemption. Restoration. Salvation. Eh? mercy from God that is the power of God to save you and that's what the blood of Jesus does the blood of Jesus washes and saves and cleanses and changes and that's why Jesus came into the world and said God so loved the world that he gave his only son whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, Jesus, one of the commonest words, you can check how many times, more than 1,000 times. You know one of the commonest words, Jesus, in, in, in the Bible, is the word, come. Come, just come. Come, come unto me, come. Come, God is always calling. Come, come. Come, come back. Come back home. Come to God. It's the story. This is the story. Of our lives far from God. You see my hand today? This is a hand inviting you. Come to Jesus Christ. Humble yourself now. For bowing, you will bow. It's just a matter of time. You either bow here or you bow there. But as for bowing, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So today, as we come to the end of this short 
sermon, a little message. I want to invite every person to turn around. Your car, let me tell you, you don't know. Your car can do you turn. Yes. You don't know. Your car can do you turn. Some of the road you're on is narrow, but it has a U turn. You can do U turn in that road. Yeah. Sometimes the U turn takes time. But it's worth it. It's worth it. There was a man of God, I think he's called Lester Samra. He had a vision. It changed his life. In the vision, he saw people. They were on a highway, plenty. They were all going, were going fast, they were walking, walking, moving. And at the end of the road, when they get to the end, they all fall down. It was down a deep cliff. Everybody was falling off. And God showed him that this is where everybody is going. Everybody is going. Preach and warn them. Warn them that they should come off that road. Make a U-turn and come to God. Come to Jesus. Jesus likes you. He loves you. You know, not everybody likes people that are some way. But God commended his love. That while we were bad, when we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's true. You know, Uncle James told me, I have somebody called Uncle James. He told me something. He said, you know, when he was in tech, there was a guy who had a lot of girlfriends. Hey, he was the girl's man. All the girls liked him and he had them. This is, I mean, 1950-something. I don't know, 1960. I don't know when when, when it was 70. I don't know. But he said, one day somebody went to see the guy quietly and asked him that. So which of these girls are you going to marry? He said, oh, no, none of them. None of them. <laughs> he said, at all. Then he pointed to one of the scripture union girls and said, that's the girl that I want to marry. Yeah. You see? The ones that are used second hand, third hand, fourth hand, fifth hand, he doesn't want it to. What's a new one? Fresh one. But you know, there's something about Jesus. He likes him to like second hand, every old hand, second, third, fourth hand. I like you. Come to me. And I'll give you a new and a beautiful life. How many want Jesus to come into your life and change you? Stand to your feet. Let me pray with you. Bow down your heads for a moment. Father, thank you for this evening. What an opportunity we have had to hear your gospel, the love of God. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe somebody invited you. Maybe somebody said, come to this gospel service. Your life will be changed. If you are here and you want me to pray with you because you want to say, Jesus, I want to make a U-turn and I want to follow you. I want to turn around. I'm tired of being far, far. And I want to come near. I want to come near to God and I want God to be near me. If you are here this evening, you want me to pray with you. 
you want to give your life to God to Jesus Christ today then lift up your right hand wherever you are standing I'm going to pray with you just lift it up high God bless you I see so many hands lift it up high pastor pray with me I want Jesus to change my life now don't think of anybody somebody on your left somebody on your right I'm talking to you and God is speaking to you he's telling you you've been far long enough tonight is your night to choose God and to to choose Jesus Christ I'm giving you one more chance you want to give your life to God this is a turning point night pastor pray with me I want God today I'm tired of being the young person who is a fool I want Jesus to change my life then lift your hand up God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you if you've lifted your hand come to me in the front just walk with your hand up like that and come come to me just come no 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 no. wait come to me in the front here come 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 all the way come come God bless you God bless you okay I'm running to that mercy seat where Jesus is. Just come, 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 come quickly. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Come from wherever you are standing. You lifted your hand. Come, Pastor, pray with me. I want God to change my life. Don't think about anybody. It's not a group. I'm not inviting groups. I'm inviting you as a person to come to Jesus tonight. I'm inviting you, not a group. I'm not, this is not an invitation for, let's say, all this group or all this group. No, it's an invitation for you. Every head bowed, I'm giving you a last call. You know, when you go to the airport, sometimes you hear this KLM flight 589 to Kano and Amsterdam. This is the final call. I want to give you one more chance. Maybe you are a young man or young girl or young lady. And maybe God, you can sense God has put a hook in your heart and is calling you, come. And maybe you are fighting within yourself. But I want to give you one, one last chance. Pastor, pray with me. Come on, lift your hand and come quickly. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. Come all the way to the front. Take that decision. This is your chance. Your chance for salvation. Come on, I'm waiting for you. I'm giving you this chance. Come to God. Yes, clap for them as they come. Come on, my sister. Come, my brother. Come all the way. Come to God. This is a chance. What else do you want me to say? How do you want me to say it? Come to Jesus tonight. Your life will never be the same. Jesus is saving you. Come on. Keep clapping for them. Keep clapping for them. Encourage them as they are coming. Keep clapping for them as they are coming. Keep clapping for them as they are coming. God bless you. Brother, come quickly. Quickly. Just put away your phone and come. Come on. I'm giving you one more chance. There's one more person. One more person. One more person. One more person. Put your phone away and come to God tonight. What can your phone do for you? Give your life to God. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Tonight is your night. I'm about to pray. But before I pray, make sure if you are coming, you are coming. The sun is setting. The doors are closing. Lift your holy hands right now. Lift your hands and say this prayer. Say Jesus. All of you say together, say Jesus. Forgive me 
I've been far. I can't hear you say, I've been far. Far away. But tonight, I come to God. I come to Jesus. Have mercy on me, Lord. Please forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me, Lord, from all my mistakes. Make me a new person, Lord Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life. Now say this prayer. Say, oh God, I recognize that I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Have mercy. Cleanse me. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. I lift my hands and I open my heart. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. From tonight, I will follow Jesus and I'll serve Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for saving me tonight. Now lift only one hand like this and say after me, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. I reject you. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I will not obey you again. I belong to Jesus and I will serve Jesus Christ. Now lift your two hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.